You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Hey, everybody, you're listening to the Work For It podcast on The Makery Network. I'm Brian House. And I'm Ben Butler. And together we represent the two most important components of the maker world. I work the steel. And I work the wood. The show's primary focus is business in the workshop. And then we reach out to you on social media with a question every week. We read your answers and then discuss them on the show. Follow our show on any major podcast platform and on Instagram at workforit.podcast. Or you can support us for as little as $1 a month on patreon.com forward slash workforit. Let's get on with the show. Benjamin Butler, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, man. How are you? It's another day in paradise, as they say. Beautiful, sunny Naples, Florida, down here, just kicking my feet up in the sand, sitting in the hot tub, you know, not doing anything but relaxing and with a Mai Tai in my hand and just enjoying the weather. Man, living the good life. You and living your the dream, back are, you know, just <laughs> kick, kicking it back. That's it. <laughs> Give me some of them pills and I'll yeah, be all you're set. Yeah, popping a couple of Vicodin and yeah. <laughs> Believe it or not, I do not like taking pain meds. Oh, like worst. I am a Tylenol guy, and that's it. I don't. Uh, yep. I don't take any other pain meds. I'm. I'm. If for those of you who don't know, I'm. I'm uh, nursing a sore back. I threw yeah. my back out. It's been 15 years since I've since I've done that. And it's uh, a long throw. You know, hey, yeah, it is. It's it's <laughs> one of those things where when you do it, it yeah. hurts all over your body. There is not one inch of my body that that felt right for the last like four days so for sure yeah that's the worst knock on wood i've i've never had back issues and man the people i know that do have them it is the worst and to your point i don't know if you have ever seen um there was a documentary by oh gosh i know you'll know him the 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 chef traveling traveling chef guy that recently not recently the past year or so committed suicide um 
Anthony oh, uh, Bourdain, Anthony Bourdain did yeah. on sort of northeastern United States and, you know, the uh, the opioid epidemic and uh, yes. the number of people where it starts with throwing out your back and the next thing you know, yep. you're hooked That's on it. heroin and it's not a not a good world out there. So watch out for that. Yeah, it's uh it's a it's a real problem especially in the state of Florida. We have to we have a Ooh, lot of um a, lo- a lot of people abusing opioids. So, and that's why yeah. I'm a big fan of cannabis. I don't smoke it and I don't use it, but uh no. I think cannabis can be something that uh, is an alternative to the traditional pain medications. So, maybe um, not a gateway, if, uh, but a solution. Yeah, exactly. I 100% agree. So uh, everybody light up and feel great, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, man. So this week, well, tons to talk about. Tons. Well, how about it? We're just All filling over up the, the place. airwaves lately. I don't know if you've been watching on Instagram, Ben, but I have oh. a working induction forge. I saw it. That is so freaking cool, too. <laughs> It's unbelievable. It's like holding black magic in your hands. It's like you've Good got this Lord, yeah. piece of steel. So if you, if you if you haven't been following along on Instagram, uh, go on Instagram, check it out. It looks like a computer, basically, that's got a coil that comes off the front of it. And when you stomp on this little foot pedal, uh, there's a series of uh, gerbils and gnomes and something or other that run around on the inside of this machine that create a magnetic uh, field around this coil. And then whatever metallic is near it, it actually warms it up and gets it to forging temperatures within, you know, in my case, it's like under a minute. I have steel at forging temperatures. That's no off gassing nuts. It's nuts. It's it's if insane Star that I Trek could just had, go online and buy it. Yeah. Yeah. If Star Trek had a had a forge, that fucking thing would be it. It is crazy. That would be it. I'm yeah. on the uh what's that what's that deck that the holodeck where they can go yeah. in and why I feel like that yep. a lot when I'm in my my and studio it, in my shop. It's so like unassuming too, you know, it's just like these two prongs looks like a big schwantz sticking out of the front of the thing, you know, and it's yeah. like hotter than a motherfucker. <laughs> it's insane. It's insane that we own this and that we're able to use it. And um, yeah. I actually, when the first time I hooked it up, so the, the saga of this thing is that I had to order a bunch of them, you know, I had three of them mm-hmm. delivered, only one worked. They were all smashed up when they arrived. Um, they make the long trek over from China to get to yeah. us here. And, uh, the last one I got, of course it works, but then I have to buy all the plumbing fittings because you need a TIG cooler to cool the coil and the TIG, of course, yeah. everything's metric and weird. And, you know, so I'm ordering stuff online. I'm going to Home Depot. Home Depot only has, you know, one piece when I need two, so on, so on. Yeah. Finally, I was able to like get this thing plumbed up and hooked up. And um, it would just so happen that Dexter was actually with me in the shop that night and uh, he got a chance to see it. And, you know, when you're I don't know if you remember doing stuff with your dad, like in him doing things with you that just was there's like certain key moments in your experiences yeah. with your own father where you're like, holy shit, this is cool as hell. Like I have yep. those t- times with my dad, like when my dad taught me how to weld, I was just like, this is a thing like molten metal exists. Right. I've always, I hadn't even fully understood it yet. And I, I was doing, doing that work and yeah. with him and he's the one that showed me how to do it the first time uh, with just like a cheap MIG stick welder type, type yep. deal. And, those- uh, do you have Go memories ahead. like that? Yeah, like where yeah. your dad just showed like you something? It's like those moments. And- 
Yeah, we're like, where you both are in the same boat, right? Where it's like, you, you can tell that your dad feels the same way you do, you know? And right. you kind of hit that. I, I'm starting to feel that with, with our oldest, Jack. He's only 11. But I was even saying to my wife the other night, I said, there's uh, like, he hits the, he hit this level of maturity recently, right? Like he leveled up a little bit and now conversations are so different. Right. And I said, I almost don't know how to act around him right now. And, and yeah. at times, you know, but it's, I agree. I've had, I can recall several of those moments as well, where it was this, this mutual respect and mutual understanding of man, this is just fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, Dexter and I had a moment like that with the induction. We stick the steel in there and it, I mean, it's immediate. It's like red hot. Yeah. And he, so I know when something is impressive to Dexter because he pulls out his cell phone and he starts making videos go. about it. And, right. and it's like, that's proud dad moment. Like times a million. Yep. You see your kid like filming you doing something and you're like, oh, I'm a superhero now. This is great. Yeah. And then, of yeah. course, I hand him the, the thing of steel and I'm like, you want to try it? And he's like, oh, my God, like you know, yeah. he's in there and he's doing <laughs> really? it. And then he's beating on the steel. So we had an absolute blast working with uh, the induction forge. And then we managed to take a piece of 80 CRV2, which is high carbon steel. It's like a Swedish tool yeah. steel. And it was uh, 0.187 thick, so three sixteenths of an inch thick. And for metric folks, I think that's about four millimeters, I would say, somewhere around there. I would say there. somewhere, yeah. You think that's accurate or close uh, to it? Yeah, pretty um, close. Yeah, and we smashed it down to 0.1. So we, we just <sighs> we reduced it a little bit more than almost by half at yep. the spine and then we we forged in a, our first bevel and everything else and then of course we you know because we're super techies we had to take it over to the cnc plasma table and cut it out on that and you know now yeah. we've got a forged out brute to forge nakiri knife that we it's had made so cool using just this <laughs> high-tech stuff that we have access to so it was it's probably one of my favorite moments in the shop this year yeah. so i'm 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 loving it i i just I think that it's a tool that more bladesmiths should look into owning. So yeah. if you're ever interested, it's, let me know. I'll um, give you my two, two cents on it. I could see more and more folks moving into something like that. Honestly, you know, the, I mean, there is the cost factor, but I don't know the more, the more time I spend working in my shop and probably more realistically, the older I get, the more I realize that the buy once, cry once mentality, you know, it, it was the phrase was coined for a reason, right? Yep. And it, it, at some point, you've got to invest, whether it's a hobby, whether it's a small business or whatever it is, you just got to make the investment, you know, and push yourself. And that's, that's a perfect example, I think, of, of um, something that people can use to level up, you know. You've got an old leaky propane forge and start saving your shekels and, uh, you know, move into something like this. Because that's only going to advance your, um, your thought processes and your abilities, right, as you fuck with that thing more and more. I'm sure at some point the ability to heat shit up that quickly – or to get it hotter than you could in a in another fat you know in another forge or another type of thing, you know, and and factors like that are just going to drive you to do different shit than you normally would have. So 
That's yeah, I, I couldn't get myself to spend the money on it. And so I always send these things off to Sarah. I'm like, hey, uh, I'm having a hard, I have a hard time with just like letting go of money, you know, even yeah. though it's, it's not like a huge issue right now, but it, it, I've had times in my life where I've needed funds and didn't have them. And so yeah. I still have that mentality a lot, like where I'm like, I don't know if I should be spending a thousand dollars on an induction forge. It's not a necessity. Do yeah. I want it? Uh, yes. Uh, could I make content around it? Yes. That's how Sarah sells it to me. She goes, look, you're going to be able to make content on YouTube about this. There's not a lot out there. You're going to be able to do other cool things with your knife making that other yeah. people are not doing. And most likely you're going to end up selling a bunch of them to people who are watching you do it. And you'll probably get the affiliate money back from Amazon. Anyway, you might as well just, yeah. you know, make yeah. it happen. So yeah, I, I had to defer to her and she went ahead and hit pay now or whatever, hit the button right. and bought it. But so. that's, that is a hard thing. You know, it's, um, you know, I was talking to another maker about that the other day, actually. And, and he had a story on Instagram where, you know, he goes, that's only a hundred bucks. You know, he's like, don't be cheap. It was like a hunt and it was a fucking ruler. You know, it was like a woodpecker hundred dollar ruler ruler or square or some shit. And I, okay. and I messaged him and I said, Hey, I said, you know, and, and I, I chat with him quite a bit and I just said, Hey, I'm not trying to be rude, but do you realize that 95% of your audience, a hundred dollar tool is the most expensive tool that they purchased for their shop to date. Yeah, that's <laughs> I said, point. you just yeah. told them to buy a ruler for a hundred bucks. I said, man, when I was getting started, you know, my hundred dollar yeah. bandsaw was a big thing. My hundred dollar craftsman table saw was a big thing. Yeah, you know? I see what you're saying. Of that. <laughs> because that's it's kind of like saying your privilege is showing. You know, where, a bit, a little bit. And and I agree with you there. And and I always like to preface everything, especially like with the grinder project. I always bring it yeah. back to this because people go, yep. They they go, oh, it costs eight hundred dollars to build this grinder, and and you know that's a lot of money for a grinder. I'm like, actually, it's not. Like, if you look uh -huh. into all the grinders that are out there that do what this one does yep. and the quality of this one and everything else, eight hundred bucks out the door, two horsepower motor, variable speeds, you know, forward yeah. reverse, the whole deal. Uh, you know, you're you're in it in it for three to four thousand, and it, you know, some websites you're in it for six k. You know, to yeah. get a grinder that does all those things. And, um, I try to explain it in terms of if you're going towards building a business, you have to invest in the tools that will assist you in making that money. So every single time yep. you spend a dollar, think about the return on that investment. I don't yeah. see tools as depreciating assets. Like my accountant does. My accountant thinks they nope. depreciate. I personally right. don't think so. I not think they all. need maintenance, but they're not like a car. A car right. eventually loses value. Every time you drive it another mile, it's losing value. But in the case of, like, say, my table saw or your table saw or your jointer, that's going to hold 95% of its value. Yep. And, and in the case of, like, uh, mills, like uh, bridge ports and, yeah. uh, the, like, the you Enco You might even mill, make money. <laughs> you could make money. Exactly. Yeah. Somebody said yep. to me, like, I can't believe you only paid 800 bucks for that mill. And I'm like, yeah, I, I mean... I got a great deal on it. Scott, uh, my buddy yeah. up in um, Tampa came down and, 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 you know, when you look at those things online, they're expensive, even in the condition that I bought them in, people are paying like 1500, 1600 bucks for them. 
now. Now, I don't know if that's going to hold true in the next, right. you know, six months to a year, but there's a ton of people who are outfitting their workshops right now with new and different things and used machining equipment, lathes, mills, yeah. all of that is top dollar right now. It's a, it's a yeah, seller's it's, market. Here's an example, right? I had a, the joiner I had before the big guy I got uh, was a six inch grizzly, just, you know, bench top. Uh, jointer. It retails right now for right around two ninety, I think it is. Depending again, depending on where you get it, but from Grizzly, it's right around two hundred and ninety dollars. Okay, is I, that a bench top I, joiner? It yeah, is. it's just one okay. of those small little, you know, little jobs that um, it's got about maybe a twenty six inch bed on it, you know, with both sides uh, factored in. So pretty small little thing, you know, it's great for little cutting board projects and stuff like that, just to do little simple joining operations. But so it retails for two ninety. I sold it for two fifty last night, $40. The tool has been owned by two people. I bought it from another guy, you know, oh my so God. It, yeah. So for, you rent it, it dropped 40, for 40 bucks. bucks. Yeah, yeah. For how long, how long did you have it? I had it for just over a year. The guy that had it before me bought it new and had it for two years. So three okay. years out, um, you know, it depreciated $40. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. And it, so yeah. if anybody wants to have that uh, conversation with their wife about building a grinder or buying a new tool, have her listen to what we're saying right now. Cause I truly believe in this. I'm not bullshitting anybody. It's not a funny thing. I, I believe if you invest in tool, I have, I still have tools that I yeah. bought when I was Dexter's age. I right. all my craftsman hand tools. Yep. I got those, some of them for Christmas, but a lot of them I bought myself. They were, you know, they're back when they were made in the U S but you know, they're still going, they're still yeah. working for me. And I use some of them every friggin' day. I use my, my little hand yep. ratchets, everything. And, and um, just think and, of and, that. And I grab that damn thing and I, and I go, when I was 14, I was holding this in my hand and I, you know, say made something with it, you know, or yeah. built or fixed something with it, fixed my bike with it. And now I'm fixing my grinder with it. Right. 43, you know, exactly. That. And the, the, so. the, the earning potential that's stored in one tool. Right. I mean, like a table saw yes. or any, any tool, a wrench or whatever. If you just think about the earning potential in that tool, the right tool for the, for the right job at the right time, it's, it's astronomical what you can do with just a simple set of tools. Right. I talked to another friend of mine who he's now started and he's got his business rolling and he makes t a ton of dining room tables, you know, and he said, Oh, it's great. And he's got a pretty good size shop going now and everything else. And he says, you know, he says, it's awesome. But I, I missed the days when I was building this shit with a circular saw, a straight edge and a, a <laughs> fucking impact driver. You know, he's like, like shit yeah. was so much simpler then, but it's yeah. to me, it was like, it was that, you know, just proof or, or living evidence that, you know, it doesn't take a massive shop full of fucking tools. You know, you right. just have to get out there and get after it. But anyway, the hundred dollar, the hundred dollar ruler goes a long way. And I think it's always important to remember that. But, but to your point, you know, it's, uh, yeah, tools in general, essential craftsman talks about tools a fair bit. Right. And, 
he has a fondness for tools like no other human I think I've ever seen. They're like his best friends, it sounds like. <laughs> More so than Jimmy Duresta? More so I, than Chris yeah. Zepp over at Make Everything? I think he's more, uh, he puts it into words, right? Whereas those guys, uh, just carry out the actions. Um, right. The essentially, he's, po- uh, the essential craftsman's poetic about it, right? Yeah. That, I think that's why he's so popular is that he's yeah. a romanticist and he, and oh, he's Lord. one of those guys that you could, he can come up, he's almost like a pastor of a church. This is how he I is. see him. He's like a pastor of the church of tools. And, yep. you know, and he's like, come and enjoy. It. And, and like, you know, like in this week, we're going to be singing the praises of, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, I, that one of the things you said brings up a really great converse, uh, good conversation in my mind about comfort. Um, mm. when you get comfortable, uh, and I'm not, I'm saying this as the royal you, right? Yep. Do you see yourself becoming, less motivated like more complacent mm. like is comfort like there's some quote out there that's like comfort is the killer of something or other. yeah What's yeah you know what i'm talking oh, about oh i do and i it's on the tip of my tongue that's a that is an interesting uh perspective oh, here and it I is. Think comfort I, is the enemy of progress of progress and that, yeah you, th- you, let's say that one more time comfort, comfort. is the enemy of progress yeah, that is that, that speaks so many because this is what you're trying. You're to resting say. on your laurels, you know. That's it. Like, you you have all this. Like if you've got every last living tool that will allow you to do every last thing, you can make anything, you can build anything, and it's super simple. Do you find yourself swimming in a sea of tools you don't use? I do. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm with you. I mean, I got duplicates I'll, I'll be completely honest. I do, and. And I think I've, I, I am now searching for that sweet spot. And, and here's why, because the, the perception is that the right tool for the right job at the right time, every time is the way to, it, that's the goal to shoot for, right? The problem I think is when you, when you even approach that goal, if you've got say 40% of the right tools for the right job at the right time, it gets to be a fucking hassle to get the right tool out, to get the right tool set up, to get the right tool tuned up, to buy the consumables for said tool and yada, 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 you know, on and on and on. Whereas if I, you know, a track saw as a prime example is a, is a, is a great tool for woodworking. It, they've become hugely, hugely popular. But what I found when I've had a track shot saw in my shop is that it took me more time to get all of the accoutrement out for that damn track saw. And so instead I've got a straight edge that slides in a little thing I've got on the ceiling and my circular saw is always sitting there on a shelf ready to go, you know? Uh, so circular saw, straight edge done. I don't have to worry about, you know, all this shit that goes with this specialty tool. So it's the feng shui always, of circular saws. This is what yeah. you're saying. The, the art of art of being having things easily accessible and ready to use. Yes. First order, what is uh uh Adam Savage calls it first order retrievability. Right? So yes. which is why he go hates in, drawers. Right. Things go in drawers, drawers to die. I hate yeah. drawers with a passion. In fact, I think 
I've got my shop now down to one, two, three, four, five. There's six drawers in my shop. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Which is you crazy a, to me. <laughs> you are a student of the savage. Yeah. But I've only got about one square foot of open wall space in my shop. You know, right. I do a lot of, I go there. up. Yeah, I'm with you. I go way up if I can. Um, yeah. By the way, do you know who said that? Um, comfort is the enemy of progress. Mm, you probably, no. it, it's, yeah, it's P.T. Barnum. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Isn't Did you watch a, um, th- th- Makes it even more interesting coming from him, right? Right. Did you watch, oh, uh, what the hell's the greatest show, uh, greatest showman or whatever? The, is it Disney With, or something? With uh, Wolverine. Recently? Wasn't that loosely based on P.T. Barnum? Uh, yeah. Now, I don't know what, what, what show are you, t- is it a TV show or a movie? A uh, movie. The greatest show, is it? Who's in it? Uh, Hugh Jackman. Not, um, Hugh, it's, oh, it is Hugh Jackman. Yes, yeah. I did see that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's based on. That's not the musical, is it? It is, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, I have And I would never have fucking watched it, but my kids got it. My kids yeah, and my wife right. got into it. And then, of course, Sam it's, it's was a good all sh- about it. It has a good story. I, I, I it think does. it has a good story. But if you have to tell your story while you're singing it, then, you know, you can go, f- yeah. just go fuck yourself. I, I, can't, little, I cannot handle musicals. A little much. <laughs> um, a little I got pretty much. aggressive there against musicals. I'm just like, no, no I'm with no. you. I'm just, I'm trying to find out if it's about <laughs> P.T. Barnum. <laughs> that should be um, the title of this podcast. Fuck musicals. Yeah. Fuck musicals and everything <laughs> they stand for. <laughs> like the, the Word For It podcast went sideways this week. <laughs> Big time. Big time. Fuck you, Jackman. (laughs) (laughs) I actually really like Hugh Jackman as a human being. I think he's a fantastic human being from what I know of him. I don't know much, but it seems good to me. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And and I I wanted to um, do a little reenactment, some dramaticism here. Since we're talking about musicals, I mean, we might as well talk about this. Yeah. Because most of you have heard that uh, I have hurt my back this week, and I have not been able to use my tools. I, I'm sitting here in my workshop, in my studio. And I'm, I look normal. I, I look as if I am a capable man, somebody who could get up, walk over to a grinder or a saw, and use it. Unfortunately, I can't. I am disabled in a way that is temporary but it feels very permanent and it's sad so I laid down on the shop floor I I started to uh, roll around in the dust trying to crack my back trying to sort my my feelings out about it and uh, and I thought am I dying? I can't use my tools I can't do anything I'm stuck and a tear rolled down my eye and I shit my pants and I died. Or maybe it's the other way around. I don't know. It's the worst. It's the worst being feeling this way. I can't I can't do much. But here's what I can do. I can work for it. Right here. On the podcast. Okay. Alright, that's enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, he came at For some you. reason that was way better in my head. I don't know. I, I I think I just missed the mark on that. But you know, hey, it's 
It's, I like it. I'm not feeling well. What do you expect from me? I mean, come on. It's just... It, the pain is unbearable <laughs> at times. Could you could you sense my pain? I could. You feel I feel it. it. <laughs> you feel it. I feel it. I'm Can telling you, feel you ben, it me, brother. Back pain <laughs> is one of those things that it oh. it really makes you feel for people who have it uh, chronically. Because if yeah. I felt like this all the time, I don't know how mentally I'd be able to handle it. I just. You know, when people talk about chronic pain and, you know, all of that, yeah. it's hard because we obviously don't, I don't have chronic pain, so I don't fully understand mm-hmm. it. But, but having your back hurt for, say, five days, four days, it makes yep. you feel like an invalid because you're like, for instance, you drop something on the floor and you're like, okay, I have to now decide, am I going to pick that up now? Because right. I don't know if I can actually get down there yep. and do it. Yeah. Um, I'm being yeah, dramatic about this whole thing, by the way, but I, it is. It's, no, it it's suck. real. Yeah, I, I, I've had Crohn's disease since I was 15 years old. So at times oh, no I've had, yeah, I've had some pretty serious bouts with it. And so I, I've had those times where it's like, yeah, you just, you want to crawl in a hole and just fucking die, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's mentally de- debilitating. That's the, yeah. honestly, for me, that's probably one of the biggest things that, over all those years that I've battled it and, you know, different, different rounds with it and everything else, you're right. That's what, that's what gets you in the end, you know? And I've often said, um, to different people who I've found out have it when they're younger, you know, some friends of the family and things, oh, so-and-so has, you know, has Crohn's and, you know, and I'm, I'm, now a big advocate for get that person somebody to talk to that isn't their yeah. parents or you know go get some counseling because you're gonna deal with shit that nobody else is gonna deal with and because Crohn's is you know you're shitting your brains out half the time you're not gonna want to talk to anybody about it you know <laughs> yeah right it, it's a tough thing to, I, I actually have uh, um, uh, celiac disease which is like a gluten yeah. allergy so for uh, yep. I, it's not like Crohn's Crohn's is different but different but uh, I know what digestive problems are I've ha- I had yeah. them up until I was diagnosed when, when I was in my mid thirties and then uh, my life changed, you know, once they figured yeah. out what was wrong with me. But see, when I was a kid, no one really, you know, yeah. knew about it. It wasn't, and, and mine wasn't like, you know, I wasn't sick all the time. I was sick, you know, when I would eat. So then, sure. you know, they thought it was anxiety and nerves and all this stuff. And then eventually yeah. I went to, um, you know, somebody who could test me for things and they were like, dude, you have leaky gut disease. And then that's a, you know, that that led me down like a hundred different ways of figuring things out. And turns out that you cut out sugar and you cut out gluten from your diet and then bang, my body returned to a normal operating. That's amazing. But yeah, yeah, see, Crohn's is not like that. You can't fix it that way. You have to just maintain immune system, you know? And there's so many folks like, like, I don't know. It's interesting because 17, you know, when I was 17, so what, 30 some, you know, 30 plus 30 or so years ago, um, 20 some years ago, um, it wasn't nearly as quote popular, right? You didn't, they didn't have that many cases of it then. I'd argue that they probably had the cases, but it just wasn't ever reported. You know, people just, you either lived lived in misery or you just eventually something happened and you kicked the bucket because of it or for some, some semi-related something. Um, 
but going through early on, I ended up, I was, I was diagnosed with Giardia, which was like, you know, beaver really? fever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. That's like tested a bacterial positive. thing. Yeah. Isn't I tested it? positive for Giardia, which is basically like, yeah, you're drinking, drinking bad water, um, comes from beaver shit you know <laughs> and but then was that actually what it was or was this i don't just know a false that's positive? A, i have no idea look you know like looking back at that but so tested positive for giardia and then tested positive for lyme's disease and actually had bullseye rings all over my body one summer Whoa. busted out in like a crazy crazy fever but like of course we lived in the woods you know so it wasn't any surprise that i ended up yeah, with lyme's disease or giardia to an extent sure but the more i've i've sort of studied crohn's and just autoimmune stuff in general there's sort of a it's an undertow belief i think for the most part but that some trigger happened that set your immune system off right sure and so that's that to me is always an interesting thing because you know, it's a hyperactive immune system. My my body's attacking itself just like anybody else with autoimmune. And I think that those two triggers are definitely what did it. But it's amazing how long it takes the healthcare system to work through all of that to finally figure out, oh, this is what you have, right? So, right. I mean, you go through hell. I had, I had a, a doctor tell me I had uh, Oscar Schlatter of the back, which Oscar Schlatter's like jumper's knee. Uh, a lot of basketball uh, players get it where they have a little bump on the, uh, just below their kneecap. And it's just from too much percussion. He's like, I'm pretty sure you've got that in your back, but I just, I, there's no way I can take an x-ray of it or see it, but that's what you've got. And I'm like, oh, thanks, fucker. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, Western medicine, and if you're not careful and you're not your own man. advocate, uh, they wanted to remove my thyroid when I was sick. And, uh, right. And they were like, oh, you have this and that. And then, you know, it turns out that it wasn't any of that. And I'm thank yeah. God I did my own research. Right. And didn't go and just get my thyroid removed because one quack doctor who figured, you know, this is what the problem is. Uh, yeah. yeah. So then I went You've to see a holistic doctor. You do. You can't just accept a doctor. F think nope. about this in, in terms of a, every doctor has a different perspective on everything. Get like five opinions. If, there, if somebody yeah. wants to remove a major part of your body or gland, yeah. Fucking question talk it. to like five different people. It doesn't matter yeah. how much it costs you because I would have been on a pill for the rest of my life to regulate my metabolism and that would have been right. straight up Well, hell, that's just so. it, right? Like they work for you and it's really hard. They don't act it's, like it's they It's easy do. to lose sight of that. Because yeah, they cost so fucking much and uh, you have to have all this insurance and everything else. And so the the I think the common thought, at least here in our country, is that they don't work for me. They work for my insurance company, right? Yeah. Like my insurance is paying them. So I think people get that. And maybe it's maybe it's not that concrete in your mind, but at some level, there's a big disconnect between that person actually doing work for you and them driving the, the bus, you know, and I've fired more doctors than I've hired. And I'm, I'm proud to say that, <laughs> you know, the quickest way to determine it is to question their opinion. And yes. And they will, uh, yeah, they will yep. let you know how dumb you are. And, yeah. uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. The, the God complex. Not that all doctors are bad because they're not. It's just they're I've not. run into my fair share that that like to you know 
do their yeah. thing. And then I, later down the road, we realize that they don't know what they're talking about. I much so, prefer but, collaboration uh, than a. I'm with you. Go. I'm with you. Yeah. Speaking of collaboration, I don't know if you heard. Yeah. But the XYZ podcast, I sent them a message. It was a fairly nice message. I mean, I was I, I heard, friendly enough. I heard. I heard it on the show. I know. was verbally assaulted, Ben. Mother, verbally you assaulted. <laughs> and I want to play the clip right now because if you're not familiar with the XYZ podcast, it's another podcast in the maker. It's created by uh, Craig uh, Lockwood and uh, Aaron Goff. And they're, you know, uh, talking and chewing the fat about um, CNC projects. Great podcast. Seemingly the nicest and, guys in the world. However, seemingly, seemingly, and uh, yeah, no, I sent them a message. I'll, I'll let you decide. You, you listen for yourself here. We've also had a message from Brian, Brian House, um, and mm. he's House work on Instagram. He also has a, a show on the um, on the Makery Network as well, which is called Work for It. Um, I, I don't know if you heard Brian. He's, he's got like the voice for radio. Yeah. By the way, my mom always said that I had a great face for radio. So <laughs> I, I don't know how I was supposed to take that, but yeah, this starts off friendly enough. Yeah. He's got the perfect voice. Uh, but he says, Hey guys, just want to let you know that I'm listening to all of your podcasts in a row and I'm really enjoying it. I was a little bit skeptical about the premise of the show. Well, fuck Whoa! You, that's what you, that's what Just you like think. That. If you skeptical, you didn't have trust in us or faith in us. Fuck <sighs> you, Brian. Wow. Okay, Brian. Aaron to the rescue there. He comes in at the yeah. end. He's like, it's okay. It's all right. It's all right. right. Break it Can up. You imagine. It up. Just, just outright, just outright vulgar. From a man that hosts a, a, a network of shows that we're privileged to be on. And I know. It's, it's, it's dumbfounding. It really is. All right, here you might have an we'll EEO claim. You should fit. We got to finish it because it's one of those things where I, I, uh, I, I was being kind here. Um, I was too. <laughs> but he says, but yeah, it really does work. Um, so just thought you guys would like to know Happy New Year. Well, thank you, Brian. We love your show too. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Yeah, one of my See, buddies. Well, Nick, uh, he brought uh, it back around. Yeah, we love he your was show telling too. Me how much you. he loves our show and everything else. I. I'm joking well, you, around, by the way. Uh, we love Craig and Aaron, and and basically, I'm working this into our show so that you can get a flavor for what's going on over at the XYZ podcast. Right. Because I really, truly think everybody should be listening to it. They pull no punches I, and again. I again, <laughs> I will say, I it, 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 I'm skeptical of the concept of people talking about CNC because I'm like, you know, this is gonna be like G code bullshit and whatever. Mm-hmm. No, it's none of that. It is. It isn't. It really isn't. It's real talk on CN- using CNC machines that are affordable and finding ways to do things creatively with CNC. It's 3D printing. Yeah. It's not just, you know, talking specifics and technicalities and everything else. So go out, find the XYZ podcast on whatever platform you listen to stuff on, you know, Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, um, Spotify, yeah. and find it because it's awesome. And it's actually I've just the letters it. X, Y, and Z. X, Y, Z. Yep. Um, I've been digging it. You know, with me bringing a CNC into my shop, I I started tuning into it there when they first came out with it. And it, you're right. It's not it's not the uber nerd stuff. Um, there's a there's a flavor of that which is great, and I think I'm sure it'll progress. And I always like to look at stuff like that, shows like that. If you can get in early now, you know, right. you can learn with it 
and uh, it makes such a big difference. If you if you pick up listening to it a year from now, it probably will be pretty hardcore uh, and intense. But it could be. It's following. I, they get into I, the way I like the way I see the approach for it is is they get into they get into all the nuts and bolts of the machines themselves and how to run yeah. them. But then also. Aaron has a unique perspective because he has so much experience in that world Absolutely. making things with CNC machines. And I don't know if you follow Aaron on YouTube, but um, mm-hmm. you know, he, he has just such a unique perspective on the business of making and it's yeah. different than, you know, what we're used to seeing in you know, a lot of handcrafted stuff. Aaron takes a yeah. way different approach to it, which I can totally appreciate because he automates the processes and, uh, but there's a yep. lot of hands on as well. And, you know, they're talking business. They're trying to figure things out. It's fantastic stuff. Yeah. So go out and check it out, man. Just, uh, you know, pull up the XYZ podcast, listen to it. I listen to You have to no excuse now. One of his, um, one of, one of Aaron's YouTubes last night. And it was, um, it was like an, another shop to, or another shop move or something. And I don't even know how recent it was or anything like that, but it was really interesting because he had a, he had a really cool perspective. And he, you know, he's like, some of you may not know, but the, the business I'm running right now wasn't my first business. You know, he's like, sure. I started a business. I, I tried to make a go of it. And he said, and then ultimately I pulled the plug on it because it wasn't making enough money it wasn't sustainable i wasn't able to do it and he said he's you know he he used an analogy or or he pulled some knowledge from his time as a software developer and and a a programmer and you know and he said if there's one thing i learned from that it's like no when it's not working you know (laughs) it's like so it's kind of a cool perspective yeah Yeah, and most entrepreneurs will tell you those stories about about failing and, yeah. uh, and I have one too. I have multiples. My, my first couple right. of businesses that I started were not viable, but I learned a lot. And, uh, we talked about this, you and I, um, at one point about failing fast and doing it yep. and doing it in a way where, okay, just say you're in your twenties. Uh, Gary V talks about this as well. Um, you, you have no better time in your life to start a business because you're unencumbered. You don't have a yeah. wife and a kid and a house and a mortgage and all that stuff. If you fail when you've got people riding on your income, it's a That's... much heavier crown to bear. Whereas yep. when you're young, which I was, I was a, an entrepreneur at the age of 23. That was my first business I started. I was 23 years old. Didn't know what nice. the fuck I was doing, but I did it anyway. I had business mentors. I had people who were, I was hanging out with and they were talking, you know, with me and helping me along the way. Um, and then, uh, I, I got out of that business because it just, I, I ultimately ended up moving to Florida. You know, that was what yeah. uh, drew me away. Yeah. I, I took the easy route. I got another job. I went into the airline industry and started working for an airline. I, I quickly realized that's not what I wanted to do with my life, you know, and went yep. right back after about three years of working for somebody else. I went right back to being my own boss. Um, yeah. And it was the best decision I had ever made. But at the same time, if I had tried to do, if I had tried to do what I wanted to do, at 23, but I waited 10 years. Let's just say I waited to be until I was 33. That would be a really different set of parameters that I would have to hold myself to. And I don't know if my success rate 
would be what it is now. I don't know if I right. would have succeeded. Um, I, you know, I just don't, but, uh, but Hey, you know, Hey, what, what do we say here? We have to work for it. Right? Work That's for what we're it doing baby. every day. Work yeah. for it, baby. Work for it. As soon so, as you lose um, sight of that, it's, it, it's funny how you can, how you can lose sight of that very phrase, um, and then be reminded about it and get, I, I do that from time to time, right? Like I'll be the first to admit, I, I lose sight of the fact that motherfucker, Nothing worth having comes easy. <laughs> yeah, if, it, if it was, if if it was easy, everyone would do it. Exactly. And yeah. then it would be a whole different ball game, right? So you know, take mm-hmm. take those steps, and then also recognize your own successes, the things yeah. that you've been able to do, and and you've uh, think about the times you failed, but then think about all the success that you've had too, and those are the things that keep you motivated to get up every morning and go and work and do whatever it is that you do. So, but hey, yeah. getting back to our downtime because this is the question yeah. that we posed to the audience this week: downtime. What does your downtime look like? Uh, and with COVID and injuries and whatever else, a lot of there's a lot of different answers here. But holy shit, we got some How major major audience interaction. So I was thinking um, I did Facebook and Instagram this time, which was a, maybe a mistake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but, what do you prefer more? I'm curious on this. I've actually been uh, curious to ask you this for a while because you actually do a lot on Facebook. I do yeah. nothing on Facebook. Facebook is huge. And um, it was Brad Rodriguez who convinced me of that actually, because he did the statistical analysis of the amount of users in his particular niche on both social media platforms. And actually I think he studied Twitter too. So he like went through and did the numbers and he actually did an entire podcast on it. It's fascinating. Uh, And if you look at the numbers, Facebook is like the heavy hitter. And and I think that is the reason for my audience engagement. So when yeah. I started the Grinder project, I immediately created a Facebook group that yep. was bound to that project. Although I left it open so that it could be, um, you didn't have to be a revolution builder to be in it. You could yeah. just be a grinder builder or a yeah. machine builder of some, some kind. That group was started. I think about six months ago, and we have over five thousand active users. I know, right I, and now. it's active too. It's active three, users. four posts a day. That's um, it. So the biggest. So here's my biggest stumbling block on Facebook, and it's separating or choosing whether or not I want to separate the business from personal. So do yeah. you just make your, you know, because in in Facebook. You've got to have a quote personal account and then you can yep. hang a business page off of yep. it. I did see recently where you could make your home feed be your business feed and your business could follow people now. Sure. Uh, your actual page. So it's so fucking confusing to me. And I think it's because I haven't played in that sandbox in so long that I need to get in there. I need to start learning it because hell. Every commission job I've had coming out of this workshop was sold on Facebook Marketplace. There you go. Traditionally, uh, that's the only place I use it, but I want to I want to grow that more. So if you look at my Facebook feed, I am on there as me personally, and I had to make that was a tough decision because I had used Facebook in the past to share pictures of my kids and do all that yeah. stuff. I within the last like twelve months 
stopped using Facebook for that reason. And it wasn't, it wasn't business related. I just disliked Facebook. I stopped using it for personal things because I felt like I have a lot of people on there that see me and I don't know. I don't, you know, I just, I, I, I think I put my ego in my pocket for a little bit and I was just like, I'm not into this so much anymore. My opinion really doesn't matter that much. And I don't really have, I just, I saw it for more of a utility end for social media. I didn't want to, there's for a while in my life, I was sharing a lot of my boat pictures and being on, um, you know, doing my captaining thing. And I started to really, um, research or not research, but like look internally inside of me and go, why it was I doing that? And I think it was because I wanted to prove to my peers that I was doing things that were cool. And that I was mm-hmm. doing things that were maybe cooler than what they were doing. And right. that is not cool. That is not an yeah. okay thing. Like, it's not a competition. I'm not trying to keep up with anybody. I'm I'm just doing whatever. So I stopped doing that because mm-hmm. it, I just, it just felt wrong. I didn't, I just, you know, there's, I actually had a right. friend from high school message me and go, dude, I can't even look at your feet. He's like, I'm, I'm working in a factory and I just see you, you're like, totally living your life you're enjoying it and of course i'm posting all the only the greatest and the best, best things is the best right yeah, and yeah. um i took that comic because i love this guy like he's he was one of my favorite people in high school and he's just such a great human being talented human uh-huh. being and i thought about that and when he told me that i was like dude he's so yeah. right like i can't i i you know so then i made the decision okay facebook still has utility and we can use it to share knowledge. We can use it to share uh, the things that we're doing, but not in a pretentious way or a competitive way or an egotistical right. way. Let's use it because it is such a fantastic means of sharing ideas. It's Let's incredible. use it in a positive way. And that's what I changed. I just immediately went, you know what? I'm going to friend pretty much anybody who wants to friend me that's got blacksmithing or knife making or yeah. any of the similar concept or uh, similar hobbies that I have. I'm going to, I want to friend all those people. I want to get to know them and I'm going to use it for what it was intended, intended for. I'm going to connect with these people and then I'm going to share my concepts and my ideas and, yep. and then we're going to collaborate right through social media. And that has been an enormous success. Because I like it. we approached it in the right way. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, I, I really like that idea because you, what you basically did, right, is you said, well, I'm not going to decide between a business side of this game and a personal side of this game. Because true to life, you're both, right? You, you are right. A, a personality and a business, right? And right. so... I think that's that's kind of a neat way to do it, and and Facebook was is forcing you right now, or has traditionally, into choosing over here. I'm going to be my business self, and over here I'm going to be right. you know my high school reunion self, and and I I don't I hate that fuck, and that's you. I think you're right. That's the reason I quit posting. It's like fuck this. I don't want to. Like, it feels like blackmail. Kind. Of. It feels like yes. So like I have a housemaid you know, page because I have to create one in order to sell product on Facebook. Right. And I, and then when I post on Instagram and I cross post to Facebook, because it's a business only, I would say 2% of my feed gets viewed on the house. Yeah. 
I know. And then I, I, get my... a, and then I get a message from them going, oh, do you want to boost this post? You can pay no. us to boost it. Uh, no. no, I don't. I don't want to yeah. do that. And it's because I'm not really selling anything with that post. You yeah. know, if I want to post something on Facebook, I just go on Brian Housework and I post it there. And, and yeah, that's my real name, by the way. Everyone, everyone's called me House for I as know. long as I can remember. <laughs> but my last name is really Housework, like work right. with a T. Yeah, work. Yeah. And that, and that's why my YouTube channel is Housework because it's a play yeah. on my last name, right? It's perfect. And, uh, uh, but everyone calls me house. So that's the, what I've gone by. Um, and Dexter sense. goes by house too. So like, it's a whole yeah. thing. Um, but, uh, when people friend me on there, they're like, Oh my God, is that your real last name? And I'm like, is my yep. real last name, dude? Like, yeah, <laughs> it is a thing. Um, yeah, but, it's, uh, it's Facebook, weird how that it's a works. Whole thing. It's an approach yeah. by the way, because you can choose the same thing. You could go on there as Benjamin Butler. And you could do exactly what I'm doing and share all of your same concepts like you do on Instagram and you'll get the same amount of engagement and, and over I get time. more. Yeah, I, probably. Just with, like I started, I, I was in monkeying around with my Instagram settings oh, six months ago or something. And somehow it got changed to where, cause I have it where I post to Twitter and I post to Facebook whenever I post to Instagram, right? I just check those boxes. Yep. And so Somehow it got changed to where when it posted to Facebook, it was it started going to my personal Facebook instead of the Benjamin Butler Company page. It went happen. to yeah. Ben Butler, and all of a sudden, my wife's yeah. like, "Oh, did you see so and so commented?" Or, "Oh, I haven't talked to so and so in years. We were having a great right. conversation." I'm like, "What the hell are you talking about?" She's like, "Oh, your Instagram stuff's going to your to your personal Facebook." I was like, "Oh, I got to change that." And then she's like, you might want to think about that. She's like, yeah. you're getting a lot of really good engagement over there. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. and, okay. And when you think about it in terms of what we're really trying to achieve, um, I liken it to what Mike Rowe did with his career. Okay? Yeah. Mike Rowe is one of those guys I massive respect for him and yep. what he's done with his life. Uh, he does voiceover content. He does uh, t- television show creation, producing. He creates content on social media. And he's one of those people that I can look up to and feel very positive about, you know, um, listening to his content because I resonate with it. And right. I would imagine, by the way, that uh, a lot of our audience does too. Same with Adam Savage, for instance. Yes. Adam Savage is... Uh, Adam Savage and his YouTube channel is called Tested. But when you find him on all forms of social media, he's Adam. And there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Now, if you want to have privacy and you want to share photos amongst your friends and family or whatever else, there's a million other ways of doing it. You know, you right. don't have to do it on but social I don't media. Want that. I, I, right. So I just feel like if you make the decision to be on Facebook or, and Instagram, I'm I'm just going all in. I pushed all my, like who the fuck am I anyway? Really, you know I want people yeah. just to know me for me and and you know That's again the thing. people do business with people whom they know and they yep. like. And how else yeah. am I going to be able to get to know my my customers and my clients and my audience if I don't just open up and share with them? And especially in this podcast, by the way, see a lot of things flow out of these podcasts because they're not edited. You know we don't go right. in and edit things. No. Out. And and it's it's a very candid conversation about real world shit about guys like us doing this stuff. And of course, yeah. guys like us are listening to it. People are listening yep. and they're learning things. And the 
not only that, they're engaging with us on social media publicly, but also privately, which dude, that's crazy. If you told me my life would have been like this five years ago, I'd laugh at you because it just didn't make any sense. I I went, I have so many, I've met so many cool people. I've connected with so many amazing people. Oh, it's incredible. Through this format. I'm, I'm sold. I'm sold on it. You can't, you can't tell me this isn't the right path. I always I tell it. people that it's that it's so it's it's so cliche in a way, you know, because as a child of the eighties, right, only petter asses, and I think I said this before <laughs> on the show, but it's like only only petter asses and perverts are on the internet, you know, and <laughs> you don't dare go near the the black van uh, with the, <laughs> the shades on the window, you know, the guy's gonna fucking rape you That's in funny. the ass and send so you home funny. to mama. And, uh, but so like, but it is legit. And I think that for folks, it's not for everybody, right? I don't think everybody can get as much as folks like us get out of, um, out of being on the internet. Like we are, we've, we've through time and through interacting with people, our sort of, um, filter has decreased over time in a way right to where you and i have abstracted away the fact that we're talking to a camera or we've abstracted away the fact that you may never physically shake the hands of some of the people you have conversations with that doesn't fucking matter to us anymore you know um and and in some ways that's part of what makes it all work probably because we're all pretty uh you know we're all pretty um we're all loners in a way, right? We, we, we'd rather squirrel ourselves away in our workshops than go to a big rave, you know? <laughs> of course. Um, I hate crowds. I don't know. About yeah. I and crowds. I think that, that there's a, there's a certain, to me, there is a certain cool factor to that because for the first time, maybe in the history of the world, right? There is a platform and there are tools for people like us to uh, engage with one another. Right. Whereas yep. otherwise, no, uh, no former method has met us at our level. And so that to me is what's so stinking cool about it. And, and a, lot right. of, a, a lot of people would argue the fact that we molded the process. Yeah. You, know, it, you, you, you have the ability to go in and use it like you want to use it and then right. create boundaries with everyone else. And say, you know, I just don't do that. Like if you ring me up on Instagram messenger in the middle of the night to ask me a grinder question, I'm going to block your ass. I'm sorry. Right. You just <laughs> yep. you've crossed a boundary and uh, yep. sorry. Goodbye. Block. Yeah. You know? Well, that's uh, cool though. I like, I like that philosophy to bring it, to bring it back. I never, I never thought about running my Facebook that way and it's perfect. I like it. It opens up a ton um, of doors, man. I, it really I, it does. Was definitely something I thought about for a long time before I did it. And then yeah. once I actually did it, I realized that I was missing out the whole time and I should have just, I should have just done yeah. this a long time ago. So I'm in, Speaking man. I'm of all which, in on that. Let's downtime. read them up. Let's read them up. Downtime. Downtown. I'm going to read Facebook. You're going to be on Instagram because I've got enough on in- Facebook to cover both Instagram accounts. And by okay. the way, real quick, I'm just going to drop this plug Right now, Ben and I have been discussing creating uh, a video component to the podcast, and we want to do this sort of in a live fashion 
where, and we don't know how this is going to work out yet, but certain people would be able to join in certain portions of the show, pop in, call in kind of thing. Mm-hmm. We need to be able to upgrade our software in order to do this. So we created a Patreon account on uh, under the Work For It podcast uh, uh, name. So if you go to patreon.com forward slash work for it, all one word. And you can, for as little as a dollar a month, you can support our show. And that money will go towards being able to pay for software like this that will allow us to do live call-ins. And if you are a Patreon, we would set some time aside to bring you on the show, talk to you, whatever, like all that early access stuff. So check it out if you're if you ever feel like you want to donate to our show. Um, you know, right now we use a, a software package called Cast. It costs like ten bucks a month. So it's not too bad. But these other packages that we're looking at are significantly more per month. So we need some help uh, financially to make that happen. So if you can do it, if you're not in the position to do it, please don't. But, uh, you know, yeah. uh, go check it out uh, for as little as a dollar a month on Patreon. You can support what we do. And without further ado, yeah. let's get to it. All right. I'm going to read the first one on Facebook. My main man, Mr. Jesse Allison. Over at Mountain Prevail Knives, he says, downtime. I've never heard of her. Very funny, Jesse. <laughs> very, very funny. That's- uh, <laughs> uh, Bergen's Garage, he says, me being the OCD person that I am, usually trying to clean the shop and do some organizing. I also try to work on some new ideas and planning. This I is going to be like Dave. a common theme, I think. A yeah. lot of people did say cleaning up, and uh, I'm with you. Uh-huh. I I do a lot of cleaning when I when I can't work. Man. Unfortunately for me, even cleaning is a little bit of a stretch right now. So I'm not. Yeah, uh, you're just my ties and Vicodin, man. That's it. That's it. <laughs> High as a kite. Keep it coming. To the moon. That's it. Uh, C.J. Johnson, my buddy C.J. Johnson from Badass Blade Works, he says, from daytime job, downtime is either organizing the shop, which is sorting materials and cleaning, or working on a forged piece. And I, my my joke for him is, is, is like, if that's your downtime, I'm with you. I wish I could do it, but physically I'm not able to right now. I can't right. swing a hammer. That'd be crazy. Are you crazy, C.J.? I do. 118 Blades says, calculating materials, looking up stuff for projects, interact with my fellow makers on Facebook and Instagram, and trying to slow down the old gray mass high up behind the eyes. But that never works. He brings up a good point on on sorting uh, or sourcing material. Yes. Because... That's something I I know I spend a ton of time doing. Like like when uh-huh. you need something specific and you're like, "Ah, where do I get that?" and then, you know, doing the research and development. You can do that from anywhere. You can do it on your phone. Yep. Sitting down. Materials can, in general, right? Parts parts pieces materials um I have found in some ways, you know, tools are one thing, uh but finding the right materials is a whole nother aspect of making that's often overlooked. Right. Yes. Woodworkers walk into Home Depot and whatever shit they got hanging on the shelf, that's what they work with. Man, if you just look around and, and do a little bit of digging, there's some incredible stuff out there. Um, for an example, I'm trying to find some of this shit. Um, there's a guy on YouTube and I don't, uh, 
something wood. But anyway, he's got a workbench that he made, and he's got this full-colored MDF. And I've never seen it. He mentioned something about it in one of his... um in one of his videos, but he built a workbench, and the top is made out of this full color MDF. It's when incredible. You full co- when you what, what color is it? Is it black? Black. So he oh, used black. black. Okay. Um, but from when I looked, uh, there's a handful of colors, six or eight different colors uh, available. It's mostly it looks like over European uh, market you can find it, but it's still pretty niche. And then the company that makes it, they uh, they don't ship to the U.S., but there are some distributors here. And I don't know. It's kind of just a neat thing because I was like, what did he use to make that fucking workbench? Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, he makes. And then you go down the rabbit hole. I mean, obviously, you could just ask him, I guess, in a like a YouTube yeah. comment if he'll respond. I mean, that's the other thing. Yeah, he does make mention of it, and then. Is it Awesome Wood Things? or I don't remember what his channel is. Um, I'll find it and probably mention it next week, but pretty cool. So that materials cool. are Sourcing endless. materials. I like it. Uh, the Forge and Fire champion Derek Melton says, uh, read some of the many books that I've collected on my shelf, make updates to my website, and continue work on a booklet that I hope to someday release. And I will buy that booklet from you, Derek. Derek's a cool guy, man. He's got a lot yeah. going on. And um, Melton Ironworks, he's got a blacksmithing shop, and he makes tire hammers and does classes. And the guy's got a million things going on. Awesome member of the community, Derek. Yeah. Sava you. That's your lovely wife. Oh, my lovely Sava wife you. commented, huh? All right. Save you downtime. Besides petting the dog, mentally relaxing while researching new creative projects and endeavors, and flipping through Insta, getting tons of inspiration from other creatives and makers. Well, that's nice of her. She's actually yeah. taking the next couple of days off to spend with me in my workshop. So she's Score. coming down to finish some knife she's handles. Got she's got the fever, huh? Yeah, dude. Again, like I've said before, she's got that creative... Yeah, you know how some people can just walk up to something and go, oh, yep. and then do it. Yep. Super jealous, and and I've said this before, but I wish I was more of an artist and less of an engineer. And the grass is always yeah. greener. I get it, but it I is. mean, man, she she knows what she's doing, and we make a good team. She's my BFF, very cool. my best friend forever. My very very best friend. She is. She is <laughs> my buddy Clint Holes, and yes, that's his real name, Clint Holes. Flying drones, Xbox. <laughs> He's one of the funniest first fucking name guys I know. Too. At least his first name wasn't Clint's. <laughs> Clint Holes. Uh, he likes to watch murder documentaries and then research cold cases. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, I don't know if any of that is true, Clint. So right? I just find him very funny. He's one of the funniest guys I know. It's a very <laughs> That's great. Research oh. cold cases. I'm sorry, yeah. Clint. That does not sound entertaining in a slight. <laughs> <laughs> Colonel the Mustard on did the other it hand. in the billiard room <laughs> yeah. with, the, with the candlestick. The butler <laughs> with the candlestick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. 
Oh, here it is, really quick. Hooked on Wood is the name of the YouTube channel I was trying to come up with. Hooked on Wood. Um, hooked on Wood. He is right. hooked on Wood. Got and, it. And uh, the full color MDF. Let's go to Be Alette Handmade. Be Alette Handmade. Uh, update the website slash web shop. Work on new ideas slash designs. Some planning for the next builds. Do a stock take on materials and order more. Get well soon, dude. Yeah, see, he's saying the same thing. He's uh, he's ordering stock materials. Yep. And that's, that's that's a great thing for downtime. Makes sense. Absolutely. Lando Novak says he studies, he YouTubes, he does paperwork, and then sometimes downtime is a real nice thing to be forced into. Right? Uh, yeah, I am forced into it. And actually, I got a lot done. He he's, he's finishes his comment with, weren't you busy designing a press? And yeah, I go through phases in CAD where I can like pump out an enormous amount of work in a very short amount of time. But then I'm like, yeah. uh, I'm exhausted. You know, it's like I, I got to step away from it for a little bit. But um, I did accomplish I uh, drawing up the, I finished drawing up the revolution in, in Fusion nice. 360. So be looking for that as an add-on to the plan set in the coming, I would say probably in a week. I have it almost done. I, I've like, I have this idea that I want to like put little arrows and labels and stuff like that in the drawing. And I, I don't know how to do that yet. So, but yeah, I am nice. doing a lot of CAD work as I'm sitting on my fat ass right now. boy. Um, speaking of CAD, I share, I, I know I shared it with you guys last night. There's a, uh, iPad, the shaper 3d app. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Oh, you know what? I saw your message. You copied everybody in on it on Instagram, yeah. and I read it, um, and I was like, wait, is he talking about the video editing software? But then, no, you were talking about the CNC uh, this software. This is CAD. Yeah, this is design stuff, and I've been hearing some really good things about it. Um, I think it's – I want to say it's like 20 bucks a month is the one little drawback, right, which can get a little spendy, but – you know, depending on what you're doing with it's it. It's saving you Gosh. a bunch of time. And it's a cat. Yeah. Program. And I've heard, you know, that for all, you know, the stuff that you're doing with designing tools and things is probably a bit more advanced. But, you know, for woodworking and just general muckety mucking around, um, might be something for folks. You put it on, you know, runs on an iPad, uh, iOS. I don't know if it runs on Android as well, but. I've used similar apps, uh, Shaper, S-H-A-P-R, the number three, D-A-P-P is their Instagram. So Shaper okay. 3D app. I'll check it and out. And pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Ian Ma's projects wants us to see his Facebook post, so we'll get there. The Sharp I can Carpenter. Read it. I'll read it right now. He plays oh, video games. Yeah, I got it right here. Plays video games. He likes to play Call of Duty Warzone. He's a COD Ooh, guy, which is cool. Whoop him up. He draws up some tool or knife designs, but really don't know what to do with them as I don't know how to transfer to the computer or draw anything up in Fusion. I'd like to do tutorials. I'd like to do, I'd, li I'd like to, but the tutorials all talk about 3D making and I just need 2D. I actually really do need to sit down and do some. I'm, I was thinking about starting a whole nother YouTube channel. Like I need another project, but um, <laughs> a whole nother YouTube channel where I just design in AutoCAD 
And then, yeah. like, you know how, like, the guys, like, do their software tutorials and they put the little, like, icon of them down at the bottom yep. of the screen. So they're like, yep. you know, when you're talking, it's not just, like, seeing a screen or whatever. Yeah. I was thinking about doing that with, like, a webcam or something. And then. Um, Dude, if you did it for knife making in particular, right? Yeah, like, just that's like sometimes is the hardest part is, you know, here's a Fusion 360 course, but it's for fucking, you know, uh, factory you know uh engineers yeah. or something yeah it doesn't make like, any sense yeah. it, and when you go in and start researching fusion fusion 360 and you want to do one thing like just yeah. one particular like movement or or understand one process there's very few videos out there that are just like hey this is how you do this uh, right i, I right. took uh, bob claggett's class on it did you nice and his clips are like two and three minutes i mean they're not long you know, yep. so and it's easy to sit through. It was totally worth the money I paid for it. Uh, Bob Claggett, if you're not familiar, he's um, uh, what's the name? I got. I can't think of his channel. I like to make. I, stuff. I like to make stuff. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And uh, and he did a whole Fusion 360 uh, tutorial uh, class. Yeah. And you can pay for it and buy it, and it's all web based. It's really cool. So go check it out. Who's the other Ian, one? The maker. That, that might make... be a good class. What's that? Yeah, the maker break shop. Didn't he do? Um... I think he, he did tutorials a too. I'm pretty sure he does. Yeah, I maybe. Guess I think so. Anyway, yeah, there's there's a few out there that are specific to like making either woodworking, metal, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's so you can do you can literally draw anything in Fusion. If you have if you yeah. can imagine it and think it up, you can create it in Fusion. It's that yeah. software is freaking amazing. I know people are bitching about the money that it costs and stuff. It's yeah. so intuitive. It's so intuitive. Right. So worth using. And what's the top end for paying for Fusion? You got to. I don't know so about the gotta, top end. I'm in the middle somewhere. I think I pay 400 a year for it. Or what's the, um, I should say, how, what are the stipulations for free versus a paid Oh, free is like you got to make no money commercially, basically. So if you okay. if you make any money in a business sense, like a thousand dollars or less, you okay. get a free license. So if, if you make total, over a thousand, yeah. If you're total Joe hobby, um, total Joe hobby, don't not sell anything. Money. Yeah, I think that was a terrible business decision by Autodesk. By the way, I think they yes. should have not done that because. It basically pushes guys out of the market. A lot of guys will never try it now. Yeah. Like guys like and, me would have never tried it if I didn't get it for free initially. And there's so many, um, you know, this happens a lot in software. Uh, I do GIS work for the, for the job job, making maps and working with, you know, spatial data. There are so many open source uh, free softwares out there in the GIS world anymore that, you know, a lot of guys are shying away from the big commercial giant and starting to use open source stuff. And so, so eventually there will be an open source design software as good or better than Fusion. And well, there's free we'll find our but home, but FreeCAD yeah. is not it's my not there. biggest issue with. Yeah, it's not there. And, and my biggest issue with all these open source software packages are support. I mean, yeah. if you if you want to know or learn something about it, it's limited in support. That's the and, trick. You know, with Autodesk, I can call and be like, I need to talk to somebody. Yeah. And I'll be like, okay. And I'll be like, this is what I want to do. And they'll train me right yeah. there. You know, and it's, it'll that's be what interesting because 
I wonder if them making it paid and having that strict of a thing will force the the open source stuff to you know as more people go there you get more of a community built up around it and that kind of stuff it'll be interesting to see but open source is a gateway in my opinion it is you know it's just a gateway i you know i've i i played around with open source stuff for a long time and then i started realizing that i was spending more time trying to figure out like my time the value of my time rose above the tinkering time that it took to save on the software. So it was like, you know what? I could pay 30 bucks a month to Adobe creative suite, or I could buy this one piece of software that might do one thing. You know, the suite does it all, you know, stuff like that. But, um, anyway, back to our comments on, on this. Um, let's see. What was it? Oh, I'm at Jonathan Allen. Jonathan Allen says design, draw, make lists. Oh, that's a good one make lists Uh, or if I'm up to it, maybe tidying, cleaning, servicing some tools and getting ready for projects when I'm back to a hundred percent. Making lists is one of those things that if you're not doing it, you're behind the eight ball. You got to do it. I got lists, lists, get a whiteboard, draw everything out. Yeah. I put one in my shop recently and that's, that is a huge, like I needed a, I I like a big whiteboard, big whiteboard, uh, put her in there and, and it does, it makes a huge difference. Just, jotting stuff down in fact i made a uh, i cut a small piece of whiteboard to make a cut list board that i can hang above my table saw and man is idea. that fucking nice that's um, a good idea i like that that way that it's right in front of your face more or less you know you can take it down when you need to Hard but boy to yeah it's a little tricky i don't know if the whiteboard works very well it's a little too easy to wipe that shit off you know <laughs> It is. Uh, all right. Who we got? A. Lee Knives says, I network with people and clean my shop. Cleaning often clears my head, and when I have a clean space, it makes it easier for me to create when I get back to it. It's a good one. He's a guy to watch. If you're not following yeah. A. Lee Knives on all social media, you need to right now. Go find him on YouTube and Instagram and follow him and tell him you heard it Do from it us. Now on the work for it podcast he's a his his stuff is like he's gonna blow up if he hasn't already i haven't checked so uh mr brian cone from brian cone b cone knives says between my day job starting a small knife business and filming youtube videos i don't get much downtime but what free dot read what free time i do have is spent with my lovely lady Binge watching TV shows. Yes. There you go. Nice. 90 Day Fiance, baby. Get into it. Educational. Yeah. What not to do in your love life. Learn that from 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> 90 Day Fiance. Woo. <laughs> uh, Limited Leather says explore content for inspiration and work on new designs. I do a lot of that. I, I do. I have like a saved uh, yeah. feed on my Instagram, like my save stuff. And I have, you know, I really go back through piece. it. You don't I need to go back, go back through it. I don't, I haven't, I, I, it's funny. Cause when you said that, I'm like, fuck, I got all kinds of shit saved in there. Yeah. Um, which is true to me. I, you know, I don't know. It's funny, but then when I need it, I'll, I'll recall, like, I know I saved that or 
So I've got all these little squirrel piles of shit everywhere, you know? It's like, oh, I'll go back yeah. in here. And was that on Pinterest or whatever? I have know? a, uh, I do a thing where I screenshot stuff on my phone. If I, if it's something I really want to look into, I'll screenshot it. And I have a, an album in my photos on my phone called Future Projects. Oh, and then nice. I'll, and then if I'm ever clamoring, I'm trying to figure out a piece of content or a project to do, which is pretty rare. But if I need mm-hmm. some, you know, some inspiration, I'll just open up my phone, look at that that album, and you know, hey, future yeah. projects. Here we go. Let's do nice. it. Nice, like it. My sister in law says downtime. What's that? Question mark. She's a uh, successful <laughs> business owner and uh, therapist. My my sister in law. She's amazing, and um, yeah, she doesn't have a lot of downtime. She is one of those people that is 90 miles an hour all the time. Sometimes, I don't know. I like to live that way too, but it does, it can wear on you. It catches up with you, but yeah. Every once in a while. Timbo J. Fisher says, get well soon. Uh, Why don't I pop, I'll do Ben's Bites as well. Ben's Bites says, in no particular order. Number one, research. He looks at inspiration from other makers and mother nature uh, other materials and how to use them. Number two is cleaning. I generally feel if I am cleaning, I am not producing. My shop hits a critical mess and I clean. <laughs> and number three, planning ne- the next purchases, doing client communications and shop priorities. Hashtag mess. critical mess. Yeah. If that's like not that. already a band name, I, I there you go. Show title. That. Yeah. Show title. C- critical mess. <laughs> critical mess. <laughs> I like it, Ben. I'm with you. I'm with you. Tomer Botner, a, a buddy of mine Tomer. who I've got a long story about him. I won't tell it now because we're running out of time, but uh, from Florentine Kitchen Knives, one of the most talented knife makers in the world, just featured in Forbes magazine. Um, and, uh, awesome guy all around. Uh, He says for me, downtime is usually dedicated to design and my kid. So beautiful kid. He's out, he's out, his family is out in Barcelona, Spain. And if uh, you get a chance, go check out Florentine kitchen knives on any social media platform. You can find him by just Googling him and look at his work. Top notch stuff. Amazing work. Truly inspirational to know, Tom. It is. It's incredible. Pickle cutters. Speaking of inspiration, my time out is spent on me. Mental tune-ups and nature outings. Yes, he is uh, New Brunswick, Canada, and he's got. He's Mm -hmm. sending me photos all the time of the mountains and the snow out there. It's really, really cool. Cool place to live. Brian Hooten of Hooten Knives. He's been binge watching Cobra Kai this weekend. Oh, yeah. Cobra Kai. Sweep the leg. No mercy. (laughs) Here, uh, Mr. Fader says, here's to a speedy recovery. Appreciate you, Jeff. Thank you. I'm I'm on the uptick. I got to go over to work for it. So go for it on your end. Angela Cho. Who is my next door neighbor? Nice. If the little kids aren't home, I'm watching child inappropriate movies, like Whoa. the Swedish original version of Girl mm. with the Dragon Tattoo, reading nonfiction books on the patio and napping with the dog. Uh, 
I don't know what this. She's got my, my interest <laughs> peaked now. Uh, I don't know what this Swedish Boy. original version of "Girl with a Dragon Tattoo" is. You never but, wanted uh, to spy on your neighbor until now. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, <laughs> what, what's happening here? What is going on? I'm gonna have to check that Love out it. for sure. Oh, Axis Ironworks says CAD time on Fusion. Plasma table has been down as I wait for the new torch. Currently learning to use the form tool to draw knife handles from a mesh so I can send them to be CNC machined. Ooh. There you that go. Sounds interesting. Yeah. Joshua Perkins says, I find myself doing my other hobbies like smoking meats and making sausage and beef sticks. Nice. Uh, hello. It. You have my yeah. address, Josh. I'm just saying. Man, gonna need a sample. Make a ton of jerky and uh, beef sticks. My father-in-law still makes a bunch after deer season back in PA. So fun! Oh yeah, deer jerky is probably my favorite favorite way of eating venison. I think. Yes. Yeah, I, I would agree. So I, the town I grew up in, my stepdad worked for a little family-owned butcher shop when my parents first met. Um. And they had, and it's an old, it was a little German butcher shop, right? And I can remember going in there as a kid, just kind of, it was like a flashback to the past, had the fucking sawdust on the floor, you know, the, the like two Catch foot all the thick blood. butcher blocks and, oh, yeah. uh, you know, just really cool. But they would make all sort of the traditional German sauce and head cheese and scrapple oh. and um, they made- yeah, head cheese was. I like scrapple. I can. I always like scrapple with breakfast. But they made a uh, their own sort of sausage recipe. It was like a German sausage, but it was about 60 percent beef, forty percent pork, and still huh. to this day, everybody back there has their own little recipe for deer sausage. You know, sure. that's sort of the same uh, approach: sixty percent venison, forty percent pork, and away you go. But Really cool. Ah, uh, anyway, the sausage. Uh, the, the we went down the little sausage rabbit hole there. <laughs> <laughs> we went down the sausage hole. The meat hole. Marcus <laughs> M W Steelworks says not much downtime here between my day job and kids sports, which I love. I love spending time with my wife, my BFF. I still make time to make. Yeah, we were just talking about sports the other day, and we were like, I don't know how these parents do it with all the extracurricular activities. I mean, yeah. You know, yeah. Now it's, it's kind of nice because COVID. Yeah, ended COVID all eradicated that shit. it all. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Who knows? But yeah. Uh, Tony Ward Jr. says he watches Netflix, YouTube. He thinks about all of his unfinished projects. I'm with you, Tony. I. Not a lot. Not a lot of unfinished projects these days. I, I'm still. I, I'm in progress. Process, I guess, is the right term. In process of a lot of things, but they're steadily moving forward. The goal is to have more finished than unfinished by the time you slide into the grave. For sure. Uh, Avatar Forge. I'm also nursing an injury. I messed up my shoulder skiing. However, I do what I can, and. I focus on the smaller projects in the shop, like cleaning and organizing and planning the next step forward. 
he had half of it in one comment and in the other oh, yeah. half in, in another. <laughs> yeah, Instagram won't let you edit or delete edit the comment. Edit damn thing, yeah. I can delete, delete them. I oh, think, you can so. delete, but you can't edit. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird. Justin Lamaro. He edits his videos. He edits photos. He updates his website. And uh, he says that's not really downtime, though. Actual downtime is taking a walk, hot tub, make a fire, watch a movie or a series, and then go canoeing. I like that. Canoeing. Yeah. Canoeing. Canoeing's fun. Canoeing. I would like to make a canoe, although I think I would rather... I don't know if you follow Bourbon Moth, but he's making a drift boat. Drift that boat? Would What's that? Probably. So, for fly fishing. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Me- sort of is. a Mackenzie River style drift boat. Um was popularized, I think, over in Oregon, over there on the Mackenzie River. Big old flat boat. It's almost like a rowboat with a little more agility to it. Um, gotcha. Nice boats. We have these things down here. Um they're motorized. Well, we have a couple different things. We have a Ginu. You know what a Ginu is? It's like a canoe mm-hmm. with a motor on the back. Okay. Uh, it's got a flat. It's a flat back canoe, if you can yep. imagine. It's got a, mm-hmm. like a transom on it, so you can put a motor on it. A lot of guys run those down here because they don't have anywhere to store a boat. Like a lot of guys don't, so they they can uh, put yeah. a Ginu in their garage and hoist it. And then um, this new popular craze is these. Little uh, catamarans, but they're like four feet wide and maybe like oh, twelve yeah. feet long, and they're they look like um, they look like paddle boards, but they have yep. motors on them, and oh, uh, nice. they are just the coolest looking thing. And then you can like yeah. strap a cooler to the front, and you know you're out. Almost and- like I have a little six footer version catamaran like that for fly fishing with a seat in the middle. Is that yep. similar? Yeah, it's just like that. It's like a one person deal. But these yeah. things will go 25, 30 miles an hour. I yeah, mean, no they, shit. I'm thinking yeah. like there's nothing to them. You put a motor on that, fuck. Yep. <laughs> And and I had the dream at one time of making one, you know, using fiberglass yeah. and a form right. and, and, and building one um, because they're really expensive. <laughs> you buy yeah. one, like, like five grand just for the We're whole. kind of, we're, we're looking here probably next year, I would guess. Sam will be uh, big enough. You know, like I, our big thing in the winter is skiing, but then we always talk about in the summer, we don't really have something to do you know, to spend downtime on. And so we've been looking more and more at uh, kayaks and, um, you know, like a larger raft for whitewater. Um, Probably wouldn't do a lot of like hardcore whitewater, but just sort of family trips, you know, overnight down the river. Um, There's quite a few places to go here in Idaho, surprisingly. Uh, Maybe not surprisingly to most, but um, we live down here in the desert in Boise, but there's quite a few really awesome rivers. The Frank Church uh, Wilderness is like a 14-day trip that is supposed to just be to die for. So we're looking at maybe maybe moving into something like that next summer where we can start mucking around. Nothing like it. There's nothing like yep. it being on the water. I'm telling you. Yeah. If the sun didn't try to kill me, I'd I'd be doing that still right how about it never gets old 
Mammoth Creek Knives says it seems like I never have any downtime. And that closed out Instagram. All right. Anthony Condon says, when I get an injury and I can't, Jim, I focus on stretching and active recovery. People think they're Yoda after stretching for 10 minutes. You want your body to heal and function optimally. Stretch for one to two or even three hours a day. You can't inject blood into a frozen steak. And yeah, stretching has been the only reason I'm able to walk. I've been stretching right. a lot. Yeah. It's, you got to do it. I don't do enough of it. Yeah, me neither. Uh, Mike Lavalley from uh, Mike Lavalley Knives, he says, uh, watch some TV and relax and uh, play some Call of Duty. So a lot of, a lot of gamers on here. Dirk Sheffer yeah. says he's got meetings, he's gunsmithing, he's designing a Gatlin gun. Yeah, if you don't, Whoa. if you're not following Dirk on on Instagram, you should because he's he's actually legit designing nice. a Gatlin gun uh, in Fusion, and it's it's kind of cool to watch awesome. his process. So yeah, for sure. Uh, awesome. Richard D. Beck of Beck's Armory says sometimes I just need to break away from the cares of this world and play some good old Age of Empires or oh, Civilization man, Six. That's a blast. Yeah, I, that's a, playing that I was a battlefield guy back in the day, but yeah, yeah. I can my still buddy hear Dave Dunn. The, I can still hear the the charge on Age of Empires when the <laughs> when the clan. Dun, 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 dun. Yes, yeah. <laughs> my roommate in college would play that fucking game endlessly, yeah. and I, it's still like middle of the night. Dun, dun, what the hell is going on over there turn it the fuck down (laughs) (laughs) oh my god uh dave dunn my buddy dave dunn he's uh in australia he says paperwork and cad work uh, anything he can get away with sitting on his butt uh and uh john turgis says uh read and uh, we've got, uh, that's pretty much it. We've got some people that are doing some fermentation, learning how to play the guitar and, and other stuff. But yeah, that's, that's these are all good suggestions. And I appreciate everybody who has written in in our social media For and answered sure. questions. And, and we appreciate you so very, very much. The response is so, so prolific. It's great. It's just hey, really man, cool. people are out there working for it. They really are. They are. I think they like the format of being able to be heard and have us yeah. discuss their, their comments. It's going to probably get to a point where we'll have to just pick. Yeah. I mean, we, I was we, thinking we, about we, that, how we could. Yeah. yeah. And if, if folks have ideas too. too. Yeah, yeah. I'd be curious if folks have ideas, how we can highlight these, but, but um, also keep the flow going, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. I'm with you. I, you know, uh, when we get into the comments and stuff, the flow is, is, is important and we don't want the show Mm -hmm. to slow down. So yeah, we will have to figure out another way, but if you have a suggestion for us, hit us up via DM. It's that easy. Easy. Anyhow, Ben, listen, this was a great show. It was great hanging out with you today. You as well, man. I appreciate you and the time and coming in with your, Busted up back and putting your drink down for a few minutes and talking to me. Yeah. This is the one thing I can do. I can sit here and jib jab on a microphone. I can't do anything else because, you know, hey, it's one of those things where I'm good at talking about stuff. 
That's right. Good conversation. We'll the best parts of you. Great Bye. face for radio, as my mom always said. <laughs> exactly. That's it. Listen, cool, guys, cool. thank you so much for listening to the Work For It podcast. As always, there are sponsors down in the show notes, Isotunes, Empire Abrasives. And just a quick reminder, if you want to support us and what we're doing right here on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com forward slash work for it. And for as little as $1, you can you can support what we got going on. So anyhow, guys, Appreciate thank it. you so much for listening. My name's Brian House, and this has been Housework, ben. work for it, Ben Butler, times ben Butler 10. Yeah, buddy. All over the world. You guys have a great week. See you on the flip side. Be good. Bye. Bye. Adios, amigos. Adios. <laughs>